listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Nikki, Joel, and Kyrie, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hope you had just an outstanding weekend. You know what we say here on ESPN New York Tonight? Let's go to work. We begin north of the border with the Philadelphia Flyers who found out that the Islanders don't care who their opponent is. The game plan is similar and the game plan works. Because when I saw them jump out at the start of this game, it was really watching them jump out the same way they did against the Washington Capitals previously. I mean, the Flyers couldn't get anything going in their own zone. They couldn't even get out of their zone. (laughs) Every time you turn around, they were losing the puck, turning the puck over. And, of course, Andy Green with his first playoff goal in a while, 10 years to be exact, he got them running and then – Listen, give the Flyers credit. Second period, between periods, Elaine Vigneault got them going a little bit, made some adjustments. They still were not able to get anything past Varlamov, all right, who had 21 saves tonight, 29 saves. Couldn't get anything past him. And then in the third quarter, I, I just, I, I, I don't know what happened. I just don't know. I mean, it's one nothing. You're in a tight game. Uh, once again, Islanders forcing the play. Flyers can't get the puck out of their own end. They get an open, really practically an empty net goal, practically because it was one-on-one. Uh, the goalie had no shot. And then seconds later, it's 3 nothing. And then unexplicab- inexplicably, Vigneault pulls the goalie. And look, he's done it before when he was with the Rangers. All right, so he, he's, he's a gambler. So you understand that every once in a while, he's just trying to get something going, right? And the Islanders have two empty net goals. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What is going on with you? What? But uh, listen, Trotz has got this Islanders team running on all cylinders. Got to give them a lot of credit. They're prepared. They're executing. And once again, has been the story with them. Okay, if you want to nitpick, they didn't get, they didn't score on the on the power play. Okay. Yeah, you, eventually you need to get that going. We understand. But from a preparation standpoint, execution standpoint, all the lines are playing well. Goaltending is spectacular. Back-to-back shutouts. And so right now, you have to say the Islanders are looking pretty good. They're playing well. And five-on-five, five, they've been consistent. When they are five-on-five five like this, they've, they've been well. They've played well. So game two will be uh, Wednesday afternoon. 2.30 pregame on 10.50 ESPN. And then game three will be Thursday night, 6.45 on 98.7 ESPN. So that's our uh, Islander lineup for you over the next couple of days. In the NBA. So this weekend was exciting. This weekend had some really, really, really good basketball games. Really good. And I'm not going to be that guy, right? I'm not going to be that guy that's going to pick on KP, okay? Uh, But I will say this. It looks really tough, and and I hope that he gets back. He's a a game-time decision for game five, and I hope he's able to go. And if he can, you know he will because it's postseason, and and players really want to go if they can, really want to go. Now, he was a late scratch in game four. But when you look at the condition that Luka Doncic was after game three, 
And you saw how he was just struggling. He tried to play on it, came out the game, said, no, I can't do it. Had a day, came back, and he was, he was tremendous. We talk a lot about what performances happen under the bright lights when everything is on the line, when everybody's watching. And he lit up the Clippers, 43 points, 17 boards, and 13 assists, and an overtime buzzer beater to win the game, and even the series at two. And you know what? This this, uh, series is getting tighter and tighter for the Clippers. And folks are starting to talk about Paul George. A lot of criticism, a lot of questions. Where is he? (laughs) If you're not doing, and here's the old thing, and everybody has said this, and we know it to be true. When you are not working out offensively, you need to do something else. And defensively, he's not really doing anything. He is struggling. He's allowing his offense to affect the rest of his game. Paul George is a very good defender. Some people say elite. I won't go that far. But we all can agree he's not even a very good defender in this series. He's been struggling on both ends of the court. And he needs to get himself together. Now, Doc Rivers, of course, who is an excellent coach, nice mind game guy, <laughs> too, will tell you that he believes his guy is going to be he, – he, he believes his guy is going to come back. Okay? He, he believes it. He's confident that his guy is going to be good. And you know what? He needs his guy to be good. He needs his guy to get back into this series. All right? Because right now, this Dallas team, and listen, I know you don't have uh, Beverly, who's a pest, who could be doing a lot of different things. I know you don't have him, but, you know, it's the playoffs. Everybody's playing with something. And Doc will not take excuses, and none of the coaches will take excuses. You just realize that, you know, there's some things that's that's just not the way they would normally be if you were, you know, at full strength. You know, at, listen, ask the Pacers who don't have Sabonis and who could really have used Sabonis in this series against Miami because, listen, they played their hearts out against Miami, the Pacers did. They played their hearts out to try to extend the series. They just couldn't score. And that's the situation that that's struggling with them. So they're going to be watching the rest of the playoffs like me from home as Miami swept them 99-87. Right now, Lakers in Portland, this is a tough, tough situation for the Blazers. Okay? And listen, they've talked. Damian Lillard has talked. They're confident. They're brash. You love it. They got a, a, a game one win over the Lakers. They look and made some people take notice. And I told you before this series started that I expected that this would be an interesting series, that this would be a series that might go six and that the Lakers were not going to go easily. The, the Blazers were not going to go easily. But for you now as a Blazers team to try and be the Laker team, on the night when the NBA is celebrating the late Kobe Bryant on 824, which is today's date, 
and other celebrations, which we'll talk to you about in top stories at the top of the hour, next hour. This team is dialed in. This team is invested. This Laker team is trying to let the Blazers know uh, you got no shot. (laughs) You may have won game one, but they're trying to say you're not winning any more games. That's how they're they're playing. 80-51 at halftime. And all this conversation about, well, LeBron, he's great, but he doesn't look like this, and he's he's not really getting anybody involved. LeBron looks like he he doesn't want to play the fourth quarter (laughs) tonight. (laughs) He really does. He looks like this is going to be over after three, and I'm chilling for the fourth quarter. (laughs) I really am. The game of the day, though, was Houston and OKC. And uh, this was this was what was so interesting about that game is that, and once again, you're looking at, and this is what people who love, these are the people who love CP3. These are the people who, who want him to be on the Knicks. Okay? These are the folks with a game like today. He scores 26 points in 37 minutes, 10 of 19, or, or five from three, okay? Six of six from the line. Six rebounds, three assists, three steals, only three turnovers. But he had some key baskets in moments down the stretch, key baskets. And here's the thing that Houston does, and I think Isaiah Thomas was right on point with it, right on point. And he, in his analysis, he said, here's what happens. The Rockets have a lead. But what they do is some teams will like slow it down. Some teams will take the air out of the basketball, use some of the clock. The Rockets keep pushing. And so they continue to give you opportunities to get back in the game. All right. They were 23 for 58 from three, which is not bad. It's like 40%. Not bad. Not bad. James Harden with 32. Eric Gordon with 23. But what happened was uh, they just they they just they just kept I mean, I mean look, the Thunder was eleven of thirty two. It's like thirty three percent. I mean, you know, the, you have to win those games when you're shooting threes like that, and they just didn't. And so now you're looking at a series also that's tied two two, and um, you know the, the the Thunder have a chance to steal and put even more pressure. And you could tell when you looked at uh, James Harden knocking over that stand when he was walking off the court after that loss. That's a tough loss. That's a momentum loss that can change the series. So you know what Joe Torre always says: Game five is the most important game of a series. And, uh, you know, we've got two interesting teams going for it in a Game 5 situation. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's your dog to DJ Chuck Chillout. And right now you're listening to ESPN New York Tonight with the homie Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Yo, Larry, what's the top story of the day? Scored his first playoff goal in the decade. The Islanders opened their second-round series with a 4-0 win over the Flyers tonight. 
Well, let's move on to the Mets. They had their last four games postponed after announcing last Thursday that two members of their traveling party tested positive for COVID-19. MOB said today that all subsequent tests, including those conducted Sunday, came back negative. Mets will resume play Tuesday with a doubleheader against the Marlins at City Field. Brody Van Wagenen met the media and had some comments on these seven-inning doubleheaders. Now we're in a position where we only have four games to make up. And, you know, that that may change as time goes on. We know we're not going to be playing you know, fewer games as, as we go. We know it's only going to be, you know, more uh, more challenges. But right now, the seven inning games give us a chance to at least start to map out what we could potentially do in terms of pitching over the course of these days. So, Brody, what are the pitching plans for this week? A part of what we we did even leading into this is, you know, our goal is to start to stretch out a couple of guys so that we have more options to be bulk inning pitchers. And whether those bulk inning pitchers start games or whether they're tag teaming to get through five, six, seven innings of a of a particular game is something that we want to want to make sure that we were exploring. You know, it's only more important now when we're faced with playing multiple games and multiple double headers in a in a single week. So, GM Brody Van Wagenen, can Steven Matz return to this rotation? We have to treat each game as as much of a must-win game as possible, and that's going to require us you know, calling on people that maybe we haven't called on before or asking people to perform roles that they uh, that they maybe haven't done before. And I think that's that's the way we would envision, you know, Steve, you know, he may he may well need to be, you know, a starter that we count on, but I know he's going to be a pitcher that we're going to want to count on. Sounds like he's not coming back to the rotation before they try using him out of the bullpen. But Met fans, are you confident that Matt's is a guy who has trouble with like a particular inning? Okay, so if you bring him in in an inning out of the bullpen, it could be that inning. I know there's some school of thought that, you know, maybe if you don't tell him when he's going to pitch, he won't have that, that, that mental preparation to just get inside of his head. I don't know what the Mets are going to do, but I know one thing. They need him. He's one of their very few experienced pitchers that you possibly can count on. We'll see what happens in that doubleheader with the Marlins tomorrow. Yankees return to action tomorrow night, beginning a two-game series in Atlanta. They welcome Aaron Judge back to the lineup, but we'll still be without shortstop Glaber Torres. So, Glaber, how you doing? I'm feeling good, also. Uh, I just feel a little bit pain the first day, but uh, yesterday and today I'm feel really well. Also, I'm um, uh, I'm on the field a couple hours ago and just do agility from a little bit, not hundred percent. It's like half percent, fifty, and it's a great day. I mean, I'm feel really good. I do I do the, too many things in the weight room, gym, and uh, I'm getting better. Uh, I don't feel any, any any pain right now. It's just normal. And just just getting ready, try to, to be strong a little bit, and, and try to get, get, get ready to when, when I come back to play. Uh, you know, Gleyber Torres with the calf and hamstring injuries. Moving to the NFL, they've cleared all individuals who initially tested positive for COVID-19 after what his testing partner called, quote, an isolated contamination during test preparation, 
unquote, in New Jersey-based lab bioreference. The lab released a statement confirming that all individuals impacted have been confirmed negative and informed. total of 77 individuals, according to sources telling ESPN, from 11 teams were affected by the mistake, leading to some anxious moments that altered Sunday's practice times, but ultimately no evidence of an outbreak. A couple of uh, personnel folks for the Giants, no players, a couple of players for the Jets. So Dan Olofsky, who was on the Michael K show today with Carlin and Rosenberg, said he's not sure the NFL should test players on Saturdays. Do we want to test on Saturdays? Does the NFL want to test on Saturdays? Because what is the window for correction, right? What is the window to figure out if this is exactly the case and reliable information or not? So maybe it's testing on a Friday. Maybe it's testing Friday afternoon after practice so you have a 36-hour window to kind of rectify these things. The second thing is, you know, is there a way that, and this is way above my brain, but is there a way that if a player does test positive, what is the process of immediately giving him a rapid response test to see if that is actually the case? Because, well, again, I'm not a doctor. I played football, but, like, it seems that you can have some unique results with this stuff and maybe not always reliable. Can you imagine if Patrick Mahomes, hypothetically, was tested positive? God, we hope not. And it turned out to be a false test, and he's out of a game, and and Kansas City loses that game, and ultimately that's the difference between, let's say, you know, home field advantage or something like that in the postseason. I mean, you have to test the players. They got to find a better way. And just like you could have a false positive, could you have a false negative? Yikes. While Dan Olowski was on the Michael K. show, of course, as a quarterback, you got to ask him about Sam Darnold and what he expects from the third-year pro this season. Can he get rid of those other two or three plays that create problems for their team? Because that's when Joe Douglas can go, this guy's going to be a great player for a dozen years plus for us. And that gives comfort to general manager. Because if Sam doesn't get rid of that stuff, it's fair to question can I truly, truly fork out tons of money in the next 18 months to this player? Because will he value my job in his hands when it comes to the football? Because that's the truth. Sam has everybody's job in the palm of his hands, every single play, in their job security. If he can get rid of those three kind of, Sam, what the heck are you doing plays a game? Then he's going to be absolutely a rock star for the New York Jets. Let's talk about the Giants. There's always this, and I'm always so curious about this because there's fighting in training camp, and usually it's because you get tired of beating on the same players and beating on the same players, your own players, over and over and over again. But in this case, there's been limited scrimmages, right? Because you don't want to beat up on your own players. So Joe Judge, the Giants head coach, shares his thoughts on fighting in training camp. Well, it's real simple. You know, you fight in the game, you're rejected, you're fine, and you're, uh, you know, it's a penalty for the team. So we're not going to practice anything that we're not going to do in a game. You know, you have the opportunity to play as hard as you want between the whistles, and that's what we're going to do. We're not looking for cheap shots. We're going to play nasty, but we're not going to play dirty. There's a difference. And, you know, for our guys, we understand that we can't do anything that's going to put ourselves behind. You know, penalties, turnovers, those are major factors in losing games. And we're going to make sure that anything that relates to penalties, we're going to coach and make sure that we don't accept it. So safe to say you get get thrown out of practice if you got in a fight? Yeah. If you're going to get thrown out of the game, you're going to get thrown out of practice. Hmm. That is the question. <laughs> Finally, officers in Kenosha, Wisconsin, on Sunday responded to a domestic disturbance and shot Jacob Blake, an African-American, in the back seven times. Blake is in serious condition. 
quote, we need to have change. We need to be better. That came from Bucks coach Mike Budenheiser. Brewers manager Craig Council wore a Black Lives Matter t-shirt to his news conference today, saying in part, quote, we have a systemic problem that we need to address and we all need to educate ourselves. Our community is hurting, end of quote. And Packers coach Matt LaFleur and the team's player leadership council met to discuss what actions they could take. Quote, the social injustice, the police brutality, the antiquated laws just got to bring awareness to everybody that black lives matter, LaFleur said. Continuing, we can't stand for this any longer, close quote. And of course, LeBron James among sports figures demanding justice after the Jacob Blake police shooting. James and Saints running back Alvin Kamara were among many across sports who addressed the Jacob Blake shooting on social media on Monday. That's top stories for today. Thank you, Nikki, Joel, and Kyrie. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. The Lakers are trying to send a message to the Blazers tonight. There's no question about it. So we'll see. We'll see what the Blazers do. If they make a run or how they respond. 1-800-919-3776. Let's head to the phones. Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Good evening, the mayor. How are you on this? Last week of summer, as we sweat our way into the fall, how are you today, my good man, the icon of New York City? Larry, how are you today, my good, good man? How are you today, buddy boy? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you today? I am fantastic four times. One two, three, Elaine Vigneault, I understand you're down three goals, but to pull the goaltender with two minutes to go, buddy, you're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. And uh, before I get to the game, uh, my uh, good friend, Tom Wilson, I hear you need, you need another coach because the guy you, you placed very talks with who you thought was better apparently can't get the job done. So Washington, you now need another coach. Maybe pay Barry Trotz, but he didn't. Now you have no bite to run your team. Uh, you know, I was happy to see the cattle was gone because Philadelphia, Boston, they're tough. They'll knock you down, but at least they knock you down to your face. I mean, I'd rather, if I get knocked down, at least do it when I'm looking at me because I could get back up and hit you back. And so to the cheap shot because you cook, you think you're getting from behind, you knock me out, what can I do? So at least thank you, Philadelphia, because when you discuss this, going the heart of Philadelphia, if there was no COVID-19, they would run away Overtake Washington be the number one team. So Philadelphia, a very good team, probably one of the best teams, probably the hottest team besides Vegas. But I rather face them because you know what? I can do a, a tough battle because guess what? You hit me, Philadelphia. I'll have Russ Johnson hit you back. I can do that. I, that's I like that. Uh, and you know, I, I Philadelphia, tough team. They'll probably rebound. You know, I, like I picked Washington to win last year, so I'll pick against it. So I'll pick for Philadelphia because last time it went well, right? You pick the Caps, mm-hmm. they win. So I mean, the Dodgers win. So. I think Philadelphia, same result. Hopefully, and the last thing I, I have to do a shout out because this man needs attention, just, just like the Gami Spy. He needs attention because he's insecure because because he hits from behind. So there, he, here goes. Wilson, 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 Wilson. Mike is enjoying himself as if he's at the game. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. 1-800-919-3776. Sam's in Flatbush. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Larry? Long time. No it's been a while, Sam. How you been? How was camp? Good. Thank God. Everything was good. Everything was safe. The testing, everyone was negative. 
Excellent. stayed in the bubble. Like we planned and everything was good. So like Very good. Eighth week. Good to have you back, my friend. Talk to me. Yeah, man. What James is doing is telling oh. all those people out there who said, "Wait, maybe LeBron's gonna lose to Dame." LeBron's like, "Who's he kidding? Who are you kidding? <laughs> who are you kidding, man? Who are you kidding?" And also, Larry, maybe get Luka Doncic's number, man, because that boy shows up in the playoffs. Like you say the whole year, James Harden, love the way he scores. You know, I call you every mm-hmm. time he scores 50 points. That Larry, yep. James, James Harden's good. Like me, call me back playoff time. Had to wait a little longer for playoffs this year, but you were right once again, Larry. Have to admit, in the playoffs, he scores. He scores 30 points, but he just doesn't get it done. I don't know what's his deal, what's his problem. Maybe you do. Well, to be fair to him this time, Sam, he, he, he's trying to do this alone. And I understand that they wanted to go small. And it's worked for them a lot during the regular season. And listen, it may still work for them this season. This series is not over. It's not a, you know, it wasn't the, a clinching game seven. So they, they still have a chance. But it's just what happens is, Sam, for me in the postseason, as every game is like its own series. And there's only so much you can do to make adjustments. People know your game. I know what James Harden's going to do. He's going to dribble. He's going to step back. Now he is a phenomenal Offensive player, phenomenal. But if he has to go through stretches where he doesn't hit a basket, and the one thing about him in Houston, and they showed it during the time that Chris Paul was there and he got hurt, they don't go to the basket. When they miss threes, they keep shooting threes. They don't go to the basket. They don't try to get fouled and get their stroke together at the free throw line like so many other teams try to do. They keep shooting threes, and threes equal long rebounds that go the other way, and that's what helped uh, Oklahoma City beat them tonight. Larry, have a great night. All right, Sam. Thanks for checking in. Buddha's in the Bronx. Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, hey, Uncle Larry. What's going on, big bro? What's up, Buddha? What's happening? Hey, listen, man. Let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Go. First, the good. You know, um, I mean, good, but it's also kind of tough. Sad to see my man Kai go, but I'm glad he's moving on, you know, to do some big things. Really mm-hmm. love that dude, man. You know, like he's a class gentleman, you know, uh, and I'm a follow. Like, 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 um, uh, what the guy said in Star Wars, we're going to follow his progress, like Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> we're going to follow his progress. That's right. You know what I mean? That's my guy right there. I love that dude, man. Yeah, I love that dude. dude. Love talking to that dude. Everything, man. Yeah, you know, I told him when I was talking to him, I said, you know, years ago, and this is you too to keep it keep. Yeah, you know, like I said, man, you know, um, I miss you know that that guy, man. I love him, I love him to death. But I love you too, man. You know, you know, for years, man, a lot of different venues. Remember you, you know, doing the Jets and everything, and you know, mm-hmm. you guys mean a lot, especially you know for for I've been a sports radio caller for over twenty years, and to see where it's evolved to this point. Got a lot of love for you guys, man. Very proud of you. You know, talk about you a lot all the time, man. Appreciate you, um, That was the good. That was the good. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go to the bad, man. Like, you okay. know, listen, um, you know, I love you, Uncle Larry. You know I love you, man. I mean, we go way back, like when Mike Tyson was um, snatching chains with your man from um, the Big Daddy Kane video in the Union <laughs> Square Club back in the day. You know, but um, there's a little bit of hatred going on with the Porzingis, man. I know, I know it didn't work out, lad, but you can't get mad at him. You know, look, they won the game, man. Huh? You know no, 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 I mean, no, no. I, I was just saying, I was repeating what people are saying about him. And, and the point was that, 
you know, and that's why I don't I don't like to comment on people's injuries. I'll let you finish, but I don't like to comment on people's mm-hmm. injuries because everybody doesn't have the same pain threshold. But people were like dogging him, like, well, you know, listen, he had a sore knee. <laughs> look at what look at what Doncic had. He could barely walk, and he comes out there and scores forty three. You may not not only did you not play four, you may not play five. So that was the conversation listen, that people were having. But listen, though, you don't know if that's even his call. Remember, right. he's a seven foot person with a leg or a foot injury. You know mm-hmm. how that's going in the league, in the history of this league. They might have taken that decision out of his hands. Could be. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. know, let, let's be for real. They might have taken that decision out of his hands, man. Mm-hmm. You know? But, um, you know, but, listen, like I, I mean, I can understand. It's the same way, like, when I was hearing them B talk today. It was called, sort of sounded like his exit strategy was coming. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, 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 and it hurts when you lose a good player. It like, does. I told you before, man, Ben Simmons, you mm-hmm. know, all the talent in the world, but if you give me the choice between the two of them, I'm taking Embiid because mm-hmm. I like what Embiid stands for in terms of, like, playing, fighting through adversity and things like that. But, like, with the ugly, man, listen. Yeah. And, and this is going back. Like, really, maybe it's not even the ugly. But when you're looking at all these other sports, man, like, I never thought they was going to pull this off, man, with this bubble. I, I didn't think they were going to pull it off. I thought everybody mm-hmm. was going to get sick. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I, I was very, um, you know, skeptical about it. But I got to give them the credit, and I got to look at these other sports, man. Besides hockey, I mean, baseball hanging on by a thread. The NFL talking about, look, we're going to do this, that, and the third without, you know, uh, we're just going to push straight through. They need to learn something from these guys, man. These yeah. guys came together not only as teams, not only as a league. And I'll never forget when they asked Adam Silver, they said, look, what are you going to do? What, what's your plan? If this, that, and the third happens in terms of the COVID, yada, 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 um, what's your plan? He said, I don't really have a plan that's etched in stone. I'm going to move along as things go, and we're going to see. I'm not going to tell you definitively we're going to do anything. I mean, there's a lot of power and strength in a guy who's very unassuming and all that. You know, and these other sports, they need to learn, man. They need to, they need to, they need to you know, like follow the, the, the plan that these guys use, man. And, you know, I'm very proud of NBA. Not, not only has the play been quality. Yeah. But like the visual, everything, mm-hmm. the announcers behind the plexiglass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, you know, listen, man. I, I got to give him some love. And like I said, man, it's not really an ugly type of situation. It's more like you know, especially the baseball. And I don't want to get into Aaron Boone because I, I really hope he's not going to cost us his championship this year. But like, yeah. they got to learn, man. They got to learn. You got to, you got to be able to adjust. Your plan's got to be fluid, man. You know, the NFL scares me, man. It really does, yeah. man. Like, it, it, they're hard-headed. They're what they call it, like like my my, my man Michael K says, the ham hands. They got the <laughs> ham hands in terms, in terms of decision making, man. Yeah. But anyway, man, God bless all of y'all, man. I love y'all, Thank man. You, and, um, Appreciate I you. Miss y'all, man, for real. All right, we'll talk. We'll, we're back tomorrow night, my friend. We'll talk then. Thanks for the phone call. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Now, remember, I said it earlier that LeBron was playing like he didn't want to play in the fourth quarter, and he's not. <laughs> As a matter of fact, none of the Laker or Blazers starters are playing. Lakers leading 132-109, to 109, make that 132-111 with a little over a minute left in the game. LeBron with 30, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, 10 of 12 shooting, played 28 minutes. <laughs> They're up 3 1. Carmelo Anthony, 16 on 6 of 15 shooting. 
Damian Lillard, 11 on 3 of 9 shooting. McCollum, 18 on 5 of 13 shooting. Nurchich with 20 points is leading the Blazers right now. This is uh, oof, it's a rough loss for Portland. Back to the phones. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. Joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Trey. What's up, Larry? How you doing, man? Well, after hearing all the phone calls tonight, Larry, I'm going to be honest with you. If you just hired John from Freehold, the Knicks would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've said yeah. that before. You have. I've said that before about – man, that dude. Man, that's, that's what I'm talking about, Larry. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not shooting for crazy, you know, free agents that we know we can't attain. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You go after yeah. Van Fleet, and, you, and and I've said that too. Go after yes, Fred Van Fleet. You'll get, a, you'll get him at a good price. Yep, and he's also coming with that ring. Yep, and when the kids get the, you know when the kids lose their mind and they don't know what they're doing no more, you flash that ring and they say, "Oh, that's right." Just like okay. just, just like you know. just like in Goonies when they saw the gold in Goonies. Remember the movie Goonies? <laughs> yeah, when I they do. saw the gold, everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, it's serious." Yeah, it's yeah, serious. That's right. That's right. So yeah, right. yeah, John from Freehold, man. Shout out to him, man. Oh God, forget it. All right, ready? You ready to go to work, Larry? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. We're headed to Patchogue, New York, 101 Hospital Road. That's where we find Long Island Community Hospital. And those folks have done a tremendous job. You know, Trey, we, we can sit here in New York, and I'm, you know, and, and as a New Yorker, you understand. We can sit here with New York, and we have a little slag, swagger, and we have a little, you know, we're sticking our chest out. We're not taking anything for granted, but we are very happy with the way that things are going. We're ha- Listen to this. We're having discussions about whether students should be in school all the time or or have virtual learning part of the time. That's how great the COVID-19 levels are here with the pandemic. So we have paid the price. We sat in the house for a long time, Trey. Yes, sir. And so, yes, sir. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to see where it's going and not taking anything for granted because we understand with the flu season and other things that can be coming forward. But the folks at Long Island mm-hmm. Community Hospital and all the other hospitals in the tri-state area did a tremendous job in keeping everything low, dealing with the folks who had the issues, giving them the best quality health care, getting them ready. And now, Trey, we're in a pretty, pretty good position right now. We hope to keep it this way. And the only way to keep it this way, Larry, is to do what they, what you guys have been doing. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, yep. so shout out again, shout out to them, you know, because those frontline warriors, man, we talk about it all the time, Larry. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They what, they what they went through back in March, April, May, it was yes, can't even was. imagine. You know what I mean? You can't even imagine that, you know, and for what they've done, they deserve a pat on the back, front, head, whatever you want to do. You know, they, 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 they're amazing people and they continue to do amazing things. So we want to shout them out and let them know we're thinking about them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to go to Y.O., Larry. You've been to Yonkers before, Larry? Uh, Yeah, Pastor. A little bit? A little bit? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. All right. All right. So we're going to head to Y.O. We're going to go to Yonkers tonight. Um, St. Joseph Medical Center doing great work out there again, you know, with the mitigation and just keeping people safe. Um, we just want to say thank you, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, without y'all, we cannot talk to Larry. We can't talk to all these great people at this station. We can't bug these producers every night. This is this is what we like to do. So in order to do that, you've helped us do that. So we just want to just shout y'all out from every worker in that building. Thank you so much for the hard work and the sacrifice that y'all put in day in and day out just to keep us safe. So shout out to y'all. St. Joe's. Absolutely. Here, here. Keep up the great work. All right.
right, so, you know, Larry, you don't want to, you know, crap on this kid, man, you know, with his bum knee. But it's kind of like we told you so, didn't we? Yeah. So yeah, for all you Nick fans yeah. out there that say, oh, we lost in Trey, look at KP, look what he's doing, shut up. I don't want to hear it no more. We won the trade. That kid is going to always do that. Patrick Ewan would have never sat out at a playoff game with a knee. You had to, he had to break his wrist in Milwaukee. You remember, you remember the look on Patrick's face? Yeah, he I do. On his wrist, Larry. Yes, you remember I the do. look? You remember that look? Andrew you know Lang. Oh my, Andrew Lang. Mm. Andrew Lang. Andrew Lang. But you know what I? But you know what I mean by that, Larry. You know, I got a phrase that I use on this show, man. It's called mm-hmm. testicular fortitude. You know yes, what I'm saying? I it's do. a real phrase, Larry. You know what I'm saying? The kid ain't got it. I don't care what the MRI shows. I don't care. And, and, and yo. There's no MRIs in the playoffs. There's no MRIs. You can either go or you can't go. He said he couldn't go. I don't care if they wanted to hold him out for precaution. I don't care if they were erring on the side of precaution. I do not care. So for all you New Yorkers out there, you fake New Yorkers out there who really think y'all are New Yorkers, and y'all sitting there crying about uh, somebody that didn't want to be in our city, whose brothers was pulling the strings of that kid, now look at him. He's always going to have knee problems. He is seven feet tall. You don't get better with time with your knees. You get worse. And he's got bad knees. How old is he, Larry? How old is Porzingis? 20 what? 24, 25? Yeah, I guarantee that that right knee is about 32, 33. <laughs> Am I lying, Larry? No, you're not, Trey. And, and Come on, I man. hate to do this. I hate to do this because it's going to bring up a bad memory. Okay. But what you said is true. Because, listen, had Patrick sat out, remember he had that sleeve on his leg? Yeah, when he I missed remember. the layup against the Pacers? 95. He had that sleep, you know, because his leg was bothering him. Yeah. You know, he, you know and, and look, once again, if he's missing another game, Trey, then, you know, it. They he, here's what happens in the postseason. And I'm not making excuses, but here's what happens no, no. in the postseason, okay? We're not telling you exactly what's wrong. It could be much worse than soreness. Mm-hmm. It could be much worse than soreness. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't change your argument about injury, but it could be no. much worse than soreness. And It, it could be. And, and the other thing is, whew, I don't think Luca needs him anyway. <laughs> Man, that, that, yo, hey, all I can think about when I was watching that game is what I said. What did I say to you on Saturday? That man out there playing George Benson. That's you right. You hear me? Yep. That man out there on the roller skates and he got his guitar in his hand. It ain't nothing that anybody in the NBA can do about it. He nothing. Was rolling. He was I've never, and, I haven't seen somebody this unstoppable like this at, at such a young age in yeah. a very long time, Larry, with Doc, barring Doc, injury. That's got and, some and, issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a little, he gets a little nicked up at times. But yeah, what does yeah. he have? He has testicular fortitude, Larry. Yeah. He has stones. So he's going to play. Yeah. And not only did he play, he dominated. Yeah, he did. Not only did he dominate Larry, he was talking that talk. Yes, he was. And when he was talking that talk, he was pulling step back threes on a bad ankle. While that seven foot three malcontent in New York who didn't want to stay and stick out to what we was going to do here. See you later, buddy. I'm glad he's gone. That kid Luke is going to be a pleasure to watch. It's going to be funnier to watch. It's going to be excuse me. It's going to be sadder to watch because he ain't never going to win no championship. They're going to have to get him out. They're going to have to get that big tall kid up out of there and get somebody in there with some with some you know what, man, because he ain't got it. I don't hear nothing else. 
I don't care if KP comes back and scores 45 points. He, mm-hmm. I promise you, at some point in these playoffs or a couple of years down the line, that 33-year-old knee will fail him again. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, young kids, if y'all are mad about him leaving, you will be so happy in a, in a couple of years once we get back right. And to watch all those Knicks that could have been playing all this weekend, Jamal Murray, that should have been a Nick. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell should have been a Nick. Tim Hardaway balled out. Trey Burke had 25 points. <laughs> so, don't tell, so you can't tell me that we don't get good players through here. We just don't know how to keep them. And we don't know how to corral their spirit and their talent at one time and get it to manifest in the garden. That's our problem. But now You're we right, have people Trey. in place, and, and it's time for them to go to work, Larry. I'm I cautiously, feel bad for that kid, but I don't feel bad. I'm cautiously optimistic, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. Cautiously optimistic. Got to wait and see what they do when they get on the court, see what the rest of the moves are going to be. Hi, Richard in Manhattan. You're next on 98.7. Larry, talking about Yonkers. You remember yes. the kid on Al McGuire's 77 championship team from uh, Groton High School? No. Which one, who, who was who? Oh, man. He was the most famous player from Yonkers. Bernard Toon. You remember Bernard yeah, Toon? Yeah, I do. I didn't remember he was from Yonkers, though. Yeah, Groton Him High and Butch School. Lee, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, him and Butch Lee and Jerome Whitehead. That's right. That's wow, right. that was some team. That was uh, yes, McGuire's last team. You know, yep. Larry, you brought up Vigneault taking the goalie out with eight minutes to go. Yes. You know, that was, I mean, there's thinking out of the box and being stupid. I think that's <laughs> stupid. And I love Vigneault. I mean, yeah. I love what he did for the Rangers and all. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you notice, a lot of hockey coaches, especially when they're down by a goal, they pull a goalie with three minutes to go, two minutes to go. In the old days, they never pulled the goalie unless it was 30 seconds left. Yeah. You know, they always thought they could tie the score. You know, up until 30 seconds, that's when they would pull. But I don't see that because when you're down 2 nothing, you can still go into the last two, three minutes and still have a chance. Absolutely. And to go down 3 nothing, you have no chance. And he put no. his team out of the game, really. Yeah. yeah. That was I, mean, I mean, if, you do, if, you do, if you're going to do that, the, I mean, the Flyers were playing better. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, you two minutes, the two minute mark. I mean, it's yeah. not that desperation. Yeah, Larry, I, mean, I got just, one more thing for you. All yes. your young listeners now, they're not going to know what we're talking about. But there was a time in the NFL when you had two backs yeah. who both <laughs> ran the ball. Now, I'm not going to go back to Kick and Zonka or uh, Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris. Mm-hmm. The last two that I remember. Maybe you can help me now, because I, I mean, it's got to be after the last, and this guy's name you never hear anymore, Wendell Tyler. You remember Wendell Tyler? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Wendell Tyler and Roger Craig. Now, this is oh, pre-Jerry Rice. This yeah, is yeah. when the 49ers were getting good in the early to mid-80s, 81, mm-hmm. 82, 83, around then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember after that? I mean, I, do you remember a pair of running backs equally good equally, you know, you'd give the ball to. I can't think of any. But it's it can't be 30 years, 35 no, years. No, it can't be. It can't be. Um, I, not in the same backfield. The closest thing that comes to my mind would be the um, – the uh, 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 Ron Dane with the Giants. Ron Dane. Oh, the and, thunder uh, in, uh, the, thunder. The, the, with the three running backs? Yeah. The two, but yeah. Were they one at a time? Did they, I don't think they bought I, I don't them. remember if they did. No, I don't remember I don't if they so. did. By then it was too much. Yeah, By so then it was I don't know. But that's, those are the only – just a great point, Richard. I can't remember. I know. One of these days you'll come through past, with it. Maybe you'll yeah, bring it on Yeah, I can't remember past. I mean, we can't go back to the 70s. I mean, I remember Tyler, Wendell Tyler. He was a damn good – and you never hear his name anymore. No, you don't. 
He was out of UCLA. Larry, always a pleasure. All right, Richard. Thanks for checking in, my friend. Yeah, that's interesting. The two back, uh, the, the, it, it's true. You should have a full back and a half back. <laughs> and they, you know, they would, they would just go at it. As a matter of fact, um, you know, what, what uh, Dennis mentioned in this kid uh, with, the, with the Jets, at tight end, he lines up as an H-back. So he's a guy that's going to be uh, somebody that they're looking to, you know, give you that extra blocking uh, coming out of that backfield. And possibly, possibly on some plays, you know, he might come over and help the uh, rookie left tackle. We'll see. Not that we think he's going to need it, but there might be some plays where he does that as well, you know, to give you an extra push over there and give you an extra blocking on the line. So we'll see what happens there. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. I'll be filling in for Chris Carlin tomorrow night and Wednesday night. So we'll join you tomorrow night at seven following the Michael K show with Carlin and uh, Rosenberg. And then on Wednesday, we'll follow the Islanders. Uh, Nikki, Kyrie and Joel, thank you very much for your work tonight. Up next, it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Have a great night, everybody. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.